Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Catherine Farrell has a master's in health science, a degree in nutrition, and as she says, she loves to get nerdy with her two kids and sneak in science lessons. For the past decade, she has worked as a physician's assistant. All day, she works in a cold, dark operating room, so the second she gets home, she wants to spend every minute she can in the outdoors. She designed the co-carrier after struggling to find a baby carrier that fit all of her needs. Comfortable enough to wear outside in the hot summers, quick and simple to put on, and compact enough to bring on her daily outings. Nearly her entire life has been spent in the southeast in Atlanta and Florida. She grew up camping, swimming, and rarely playing indoors. By high school, she fell in love with the sport of running and since has competed in many marathons. She now lives and explores in Atlanta with her husband and kids. Catherine, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So your kids are two and four, is that right? Yes. Can you tell us a bit more about your family and what your kids like to do outside? I love hearing that they're outside right now as we're recording. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They would live outside if I let them. Um, They love going out. So we live in the middle of the city. And so our house is not huge and our yard is not huge because it's hard to come by that where we live. So when I get home, the second I get home, we basically pack the car up and go somewhere. So they love to go to parks. We live near a lot of playgrounds here. They love hiking, our little tiny Atlanta hikes. But they're also content just to sit in our yard and dig for worms or look for birds or watch airplanes. It really, at this age, one of the things I love about this age is that they're learning about the whole world. So they're content to just see the world, just any part of it, and they can really zone in on something and they're learning about everything. So they're learning about how grass grows and where bugs live and where birds stay in the trees and all of those things that we don't really need to have a giant adventure to learn something or to have fun outside at this stage. So I hope that lasts for a while. Yeah. And I hope that lasts forever. Yeah. (laughs) I find that having kids has actually made me realize that those little adventures are the big adventures is what we talk about all the time. So you're finding that too, that you're appreciating all those things again. I think it also gives me a reset that, you know, as you get older, I think you look for more challenges and you want to see more places and do more things. And so your sites get bigger and bigger and having kids just takes you back to ground zero where you think, okay, 
I am so happy to just push you on this swing, or I am so happy to watch you crawl in the grass or take your first steps outside or ride a bike. I mean, now we're getting into bike riding age, just the little things that it helps me to remember my gratitude as well, that I don't need to take a trip across the world to be happy. I can take my kids to the park and have the best afternoon, just watching them experience the world. Oh, yes, yes. And I love that you wanted to talk about this topic too, because I've always lived in the suburbs and I just moved into an apartment in downtown in the city in September. So for the first time we've been living this like real city life where we can't just go into a big backyard. So I'm excited to learn from you too and hear all the different things you do, but how do you prioritize that specific time? Cause you're saying you're working full time during the day. So what times do you set aside for? Outdoor? Yeah, I have to be at work at 6 30 in the morning. So the only option I really have is the afternoon and the weekends. So I just make it a point of, you know, sometimes we talk about what we want to do the night before so that we're all like mentally ready. And there's not as much of a struggle with the transition when I get home. And then when I get home, I have like a go bag just ready for, I have a outdoor bag and a pool bag. Cause we spend a lot of time in the pool in the summer here. That's like the only way to survive outside. And I have them both packed at all times. And so I get home and I say, what do you guys want to do? And if they don't make a decision quickly, I just put them in the car and I pick and we go. And it's just kind of a quick turnaround. But I find that when I come home, if we linger too long inside, things start to go downhill. The kids, I mean, I think that we are made to crave fresh air truly. And I can see the difference in their spirit and their mentality when I come home and we kind of lounge around for a little bit versus when I come home and put them straight in the car seats and get out the door. Um, but the thing about being in the city is that we really do have to drive everywhere. So we live close to a busy street. We can't really walk anywhere. So everywhere we go is a drive. But the benefit of that is that we just get into the routine of you come home, you get in the car, you go somewhere. And I think that's knowing the places like I have a kind of a mental list of our options for each day. And when you live in a city, you have to work a little harder to find those places. But once you find them, you can just have your list of things that you go through. Okay, we don't have a ton of time today. I got stuck late at work. We'll go to the park that's really close or we'll go to the hike that's across the street because we have little nature preserves nearby, which a lot of cities have, but they're kind of hidden. So you have to look for them. And that can be a great adventure, especially when they're small. Like I said, you know, you don't have to have a huge adventure to make an impact. We go walk in the woods for an hour and they might as well have summited a mountain. They're so happy. So I think that's the biggest thing is knowing your area and learning the places that you like to go and then just always being ready to go. So I have, you know, in the car, I always have bug spray and sunscreen and like a towel, you know, I don't pack too much stuff. And then just having the bag ready to go and just having the kids have this routine of mom comes home and we go somewhere. And that's basically our day to day. That's awesome. I was going to ask you uh, what was in your go bag. For yeah. <laughs> well, it has changed over the years because, you know, now I, I can take out the diapers, but I have to put spare pants in there because you never know what they're going to get into or produce. And our bag is mostly a couple of spare clothes. I do like to have bug spray. The bugs are really bad here and sunscreens. They can get sunburned pretty quickly here too. And a towel. I used to pack wet wipes. I don't really do that as much anymore. And then I always have, I just use a backpack with two cup holders. So I always have a bottle of water for each kid, snacks, and sometimes a couple of toys in there. Usually if we're going out hiking, they don't really need it. But sometimes at the park, it just 
helps things a little bit, you know, here, have some cars or let's, you know, if we're going to a hike, hey, let's see if we can roll the truck down this hill or um, whatever. So the bag has definitely gotten smaller as they've gotten older, but I always joke, I think I just traded out diapers for like spare clothes because now they can get into more stuff. <laughs> um, and then, oh, and then the, the key ingredient there is I pack dog poop bags, but like any sort of plastic bag to put the dirty clothes into, because sometimes a lot of the little trails near us have a little stream and the kids will just, you know, I'll say, oh, don't go in the water. Like, you know, just throw the rocks in the water without fail. Every single time they are soaking wet. They just keep inching a little bit more and a little bit more. <laughs> so just having like a baggie to put the, the wet clothes in, especially if you have like a smaller apartment or a smaller house, you probably don't have a big luxurious mudroom to hose off in. So just being able to change the clothes and keep them in a bag and then clean them when I get home helps the whole process too. Great ideas. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I love it. Get your go bag. <laughs> yeah go bag and then oh the other thing is um the reusable ziploc bags like a like the stasher bags or like any sort of silicone bag that can be really helpful too for those clothes if you want to reduce your plastic usage amazing awesome and then i was wondering about so your nanny during the day like does your nanny have an outdoor nature routine with them as well yeah so they do she's wonderful she definitely takes them outside all the time they go to a little school in the morning but in the afternoons especially if I'm going to be stuck at work, she usually takes them to a park and she'll take them to one that I can meet them at on my way home, which is really nice because it just gives us that extra couple minutes there that I don't have to pack them up. She's great about, she'll take them outside and play soccer. She'll take them for a walk, uh, take them to the park. She knows all the parks around here too <laughs> at this point. And so we kind of have our routine. It's funny. They actually like, they've named a couple of the parks. Like this is Tavia's park. This is Tavia's new park. <laughs> because <laughs> she introduces them to new parks that I didn't even know about too. So that was really important to me when looking for someone. And I think that's part of the prioritizing it, right? Like just when I get home, that's what I do with them. And I wanted to make sure that if someone else is going to be at home with them, I don't want them inside watching cartoons all afternoon. I want them outside, whether I can be there or not. So that was an important quality to ask people, what do you do for fun? What do you, you know, what's your background? And she had a background in sports and loves being outside and love taking the kids to a park. And so that was a huge plus for me. And we're really lucky to have found someone that's kind of on the same page as us in that regard. Oh, that's so perfect. Yeah. Is, is there any scenarios where you don't want your kids outside? Cause you keep talking about how beautiful your weather is. So is it ever too hot? Or oh my gosh. Is, yeah. <laughs> yes. is it, it, the sun sets, are you thinking, okay, it's too dark now we need to get inside. Well, yeah, I will say in the city, there is always the element of like, there is a little bit more crime. So you just have to be cognizant. I grew up in the city, so I'm used to just being a little bit more aware of my surroundings. I didn't have that suburban like cushion of safety really growing up. So my mom always taught me, you know, you just, you don't stay outside by yourself when it's dark out always, you know, if you can't see around your surroundings, just don't be there. And so we typically wind things down when it's getting dark and, um, try to stay, you know, in places that I'm comfortable with and that I know. And I think the, the temperature, it definitely gets too hot here in the summer. So there are weeks in the summer where it's, it's swimming pool or bust. That's pretty much all we can do. We can sometimes do like a shaded hike, but especially when I was pregnant with my second, it was so miserable to do anything except just float in a pool, like a hippo that that's all we did every day. We just, I packed them up. I had the pool bag ready to go and we went straight to the pool. If there's a stream or something nearby that works too, but it's funny you ask that question. This is the first year. My son actually had a full meltdown one day because we were trying to ride his bike and he had his helmet on and he's just pouring sweat. 
And he said, I just want it to be cold already. <laughs> this was like in August. So like summer's not anywhere close to done. So that I think is a limiting factor. You definitely have to be aware of sun exposure and just heat exhaustion. I mean, kids really can get heat and they won't tell you because they don't understand what that feels like. But when, you know, you know, the signs like when their cheeks get red and splotchy or if they stop sweating or their lips look parched, you know, it's part of my medical background too, like knowing dehydration signs, physical signs of dehydration. But I think that's important for every parent to know because kids are like Labradors. They'll just keep playing until they pass out. I mean, <laughs> they just don't know. Mind them to take sips of water, right? Because yes. they have so much fun. They don't even want to drink. Yeah, totally. And sometimes, I mean, I, I'm no stranger to like bribing them to drink water either. If I have to put like a little bit of juice in there or something, you know, whatever it takes. Cause I just want to make sure that they're safe, obviously. And it's much easier to prevent heat exhaustion than to reverse it. Yeah. And that's actually probably a really good tip too, for when you're in the water, because you're cooling off in the pool and you're not realizing you're still sweating and you're still hot. Yes. Yes, totally. And then the last thing you want them to do is think, Oh, I'm thirsty. Let me drink some of this pool water too. Cause they've definitely done that plenty. I know Adrienne talked at the beginning about how you like to nerd out with science lessons. And I think that's so fantastic. Can you share some ways that you teach your kids about nature? Oh yeah. I love science. So I just, I could go on and on about any little thing and the older they get, the more I think their attention span is open to it. So I try to sneak it in and sometimes they're receptive and sometimes they're not, but just little things like in the fall, when the leaves are changing color, I kind of talked about the different chemicals and what's happening with the leaves, you know, that the nutrition's going back to the main part of the tree. And when we see exposed tree roots, we talked about what tree roots do and that's how they get their food and their water and they hold the tree up and, and just little things. I think kids are so naturally inquisitive. And you don't realize how much more you know about the world than they do until you start talking about it. And you realize, oh, I do know what rocks are made out of. I do know where birds live and, you know, why there are a lot of them in the sky right now. They're migrating. This is what birds do in the winter and and little things like that. And their brains are so absorbent at this stage that I hope that I'm teaching them a love of science, which is really just a love of understanding how things work and being curious about how things work. And I think, you know, I hope to never stop being curious. And I hope that my kids have that same love for learning things and so far so good. But, you know, we really, anything we see, I just encourage them to ask questions. And if I don't know it, we have this wonderful thing called a smartphone. I will Google it. If they ask me, how do worms have babies or how, you know, how do, um, how do crickets make that sound or anything? I'll, I'll just look it up and, I, and then I can tell them and then we both learn something. So it's not just about learning the facts. It's kind of, for me at least, encouraging them to be curious about the world and have a love of nature just like I do. And I think the more you learn about how nature works, the more amazing it is. The same as the human body for me and why I do what I do because I'm so fascinated by all the processes in the human body. And so explaining to my son, like, why is your blood red? Why do my fingers work like this? Why does your hair grow? You know, little things like that. I hope just inspires him to always ask questions and always be ready to learn and be open to learn new things and appreciate the world around us and appreciate nature. That was really well said. <laughs> <laughs> <Because I felt laughs> <kind of> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's great. Curiosity is a wonderful thing. And that's amazing that you are sharing that with your kids. We want to say a big thank you on behalf of everyone because you are a frontline healthcare worker and you've been working during a pandemic. And I'd imagine that is incredibly difficult. And I was just wondering how nature helped you through that. Yes. Thank, that's an excellent question. Um, I've done some hard things in my life, but nothing has compared to what 2020 and, and most of 2021 felt like uh, working in a hospital. It was just scary all the time. Nobody knew in the beginning, nobody knew where we were getting this, how we get it, how it's transferred. Does it linger in the air? Is it on the doorknobs? You know, all of these things. And it definitely put me in a dark place for a while, as I think most of my coworkers experienced as well. We all have some degree of trauma from that. And I think, I mean, nature is healing, you know, no matter what you're going through. But when I go outside and I see the trees are still growing and there's still baby ducks in the pond and there's still birds in the sky and the sky is blue today and the clouds are moving and the sun is shining. It gives me a sense of this is all part of how the world works. And this, I'm a big believer and lover of the evolution of life. And you just, it gives me a little perspective that yes, this, I am so focused on my experience right now, but this is part of a, a broader experience and we are all part of this world. And this is how the world works. Unfortunately, sometimes there are natural disasters. Sometimes there are pandemics. Sometimes there are wars. This is all part of the way that things work. And it helps me to know that things will go on. Life will go on. There will be loss. There will be tragedy. There will be consequences, but the world will keep spinning. The grass will keep growing. The sun will keep shining. And that is reliably there all the time. And I just think that for me in my very small corner of the world, my small existence to go outside and like feel the sun on my face and breathe in fresh air. Even when I've spent all day in a tiny cold room with recirculated air and weird smells and gross stuff, it just, it makes my soul feel whole again. Like it, it's, it's all okay. It's going to be okay. It's like reassuring for me just to feel the sun and that has been a big part of the past year. Um, that was a huge part of like me developing the carrier every day when I got done with work, all I wanted to do was go outside. And it's one of those things that I can't always explain it, but I know that it works. You know, I, I don't know all the time why I want to go outside, but I know that when I get there, I feel better. Even when the weather is terrible, even if I'm exhausted, just go outside for like 10 minutes and odds are, I'm going to want to stay for longer and I'm going to feel better afterwards. Um, and you know, I still run a lot. So that has been a huge mental stress reliever for me as well, just to go kind of untie the knots that my brain gets tied into. And I just work through it and all of those things, just the more I'm out, the better my day is like at the end of the day, if I spent five hours outside, that's a great day. If I was inside all day, I just noticed that I just don't feel as good at the end of it. So another reason I love bringing my kids out. Cause I, I want them to understand that as well. I can see it objectively. I, when I look at them, I can see their spirit before we go outside and after, and it's, it's so restorative to them. They don't even know what's going on. I, they just know I'm not happy right now. And I'm, I'm happy 
after we go ride our bikes for a little bit. Amazing. Okay. So then I also think it's very amazing how you created a business after becoming a mom. I can totally relate to this with Kids Who Explore. I was pregnant with Turner and I dreamed up this, this vision. And I just see that in what you're doing with co-carriers. Can you tell me a little more about how that began? Yes. So that began when the pandemic started. I was actually not only working on the front line, but I was, uh, I had just taken a new position as a leadership position in a leadership role. And so I was in charge of like 80 other anesthetists, um, anesthesia PAs and work was so stressful. I mean, I was constantly trying to respond to emails and answering phone calls. Cause we had to like adjust the schedule all the time. The operating rooms would shut down and then they'd start up and we had to flex with it. So anyway, I was, I really was constantly doing something and my youngest, uh, my second child was, uh, very still is very emotionally needy. Shall we say she wanted to be held all the time. I mean, all the time. If I was in the room, she, my husband could not hold her. No family members could hold her. It had to be me. And it had to be all the time. If I put her down for a second, she would just scream bloody murder. So I would come home completely drained from work, so tired, still had emails to respond to, not to mention like who was making dinner, who's cleaning up the house, you know, who's doing the laundry, all that stuff. And I don't mean my husband's very helpful, but you know, still the mom still have a lot of stuff to do. So I would try to do everything while holding her with one arm. And I was like, this is ludicrous. I can't get anything done. I'm literally like doing, I was like trying to chop carrots with one hand. And I was like, this is so stupid. I just need something to hold her here so I can have my arms back. And I looked at every other carrier, you know, I tried at least six or seven different carriers and all of them were either really complicated to set up or I could set them up. But then when I went outside, which is basically what we did every day, I would just be so hot and uncomfortable because they're so bulky. And like the, the giant waist strap that most of them have was covering like half of my torso. And I just felt like it, you know, when it was like 90 degrees outside, the last thing I want to do is put like a vest on. That's what I felt like I was putting like this baby vest on my body. So I started working on this design and I sent it to one of my friends and I said, Hey, if this existed, would you use it? And she was like, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so I thought, okay, let me, let me see where this can go. And it just kind of went from there. Um, I have wanted to start my own business for a long time. I just didn't really have an idea. And I think having kids, as you know, can give you a lot of clarity. Okay. What's important. What makes my life better? What would make other parents' lives better? And I thought if this product could help me this much, it can definitely help other parents. And so I just kept pursuing it. And now I wish I had a baby to use it on because all my, my babies are so big, but I know that it can help other parents who want to get out and be active and don't want to strap a giant bulky padded thing to their body because you want to move around, you know, active parents need something that's comfortable and supportive, but doesn't require a lot of setup and also is easy to bring out with you. You know, I said, we always like, I, I jump in the car and I have a go bag. Well, a normal buckle baby carrier does not fit in our go bag. So it was really difficult because then I'm carrying this whole additional thing and having something that could roll up really small and stuff it in a bag was huge for me. And so that was all really important, all went into it. And I basically just created the thing that I wish had existed when I had my babies. And so hopefully it can help other parents too. 
And it looks like your carrier works for all directions and all types of adventures. How long did you use it for your kids or do you still wear them? Oh God, I still wear my daughter. She is like two and a half and she still loves to be held. And so now she's so heavy and I'm 34. So I, you know, my back is feeling it. And so some days I say, Sam, I cannot pick you up. If you want to get on my back, you can get in the carrier. And she goes, okay, I want to get in the carrier. And she'll now she'll go grab the carrier and bring it out and say, I want to get in the carrier. So I mostly use it on my back for her now, just because she's so tall, but I still could use it in the hip carry. And I use that a lot when she was like from one to two range, I use the hip carry a lot just because that was how I was always holding her. I mean, it's, it's rated up to 35 pounds. So she's got another good six months or more and children who are a little bit smaller and she's kind of on the bigger end could use it for even longer than that. Uh, I think for me, it's a great alternative to a hiking pack. This, the big steel frame carriers really bother my back as well. Not to mention when they're not in use, you still have to carry this giant thing. So for me, hiking with them, Sam wants to get up, down, up, down. So when she wants to get up on my back, it's quick and easy to put her on my back. And then when she wants to walk, it rolls up into a thin little belt. So it's not bothering me. It's not dangling down and we can still just carry on with the hike. And it doesn't matter. She can get up and down as many times as she wants. It takes two seconds to to put her down or up. So that was a big, a big goal for me too, that you could use it on the front, the hip or the back so that you can use it for longer. And it's also better for your body because you're balancing it out instead of carrying them in one position all the time and really straining the muscles and your spine, you can switch it around and balance yourself out so that everything gets strengthened. And you don't end up with any of those chronic injuries that a lot of parents get from repetitive motion. Wonderful. I've seen lots of families using, especially in our adventure community, yeah. using your carriers. <laughs> so it's wonderful what you created for people. And like you said, made it easy to pop yeah. in your adventure bags and go with. So thank you for all you've done. Okay. I know we're coming up on our time here. So I just wanted to ask you if there was one thing you could tell families, like one starting piece of advice for them to get outside, especially if they live in a city and it's not super accessible or they work full-time jobs like you do and they don't have as much time, what would be the one tip? I would say start small, just go. Just walk out your front door to start. And it doesn't have to be a weekend in the mountains to be outdoorsy. You can walk down your block. You can go look at the pretty tree on the next block. You can see if there are any ants crawling on your sidewalk. Just start small and realize that your little one is a much closer to the ground. So everything seems much bigger to them and they're learning about everything. So anything you see is going to be a chance for them to expand their world a little bit. And you don't have to plan a grand adventure. Just, just go, just grab your keys and go outside. So perfect. Starting small. That's great. Um, so where can people find you to learn more? Yes. So they can find us um, on our website. It's cofamily.co. So cofamily.co or on Instagram or Facebook at cofamilyco. Also on TikTok, but like I'm, I'm old. So my TikTok is not, I'm, my skills are, I'm working on it, <laughs> but they're all at cofamilyco. Wonderful. Okay. Let's end with our final three questions. In the last few months, what was your best purchase under a hundred dollars? Okay. I had trouble with this one because I felt really lame, but I'm going to be honest. The best thing I have purchased were some really good running socks. Like it's a small thing, 
but they make me so happy every time I put them on. And I had really old ones. Like some of them I had had since college and I finally bit the bullet and bought like really good running socks. And every time I put them on, they make me so happy. <laughs> That's a good one. I love when I wear out my socks, there's actually holes in it and yes. like getting tossed because I feel like I, <laughs> I really did it. <laughs> Can you share a book show or podcast recommendation right now? I listen to the same few podcasts all the time, but a book that I recently read that I really enjoyed, I was very upfront. I am a science nerd. I love behavioral genetics. And there is a really cool book called Behave by Robert Sapolsky. And I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but um, it goes through kind of the science, what science knows about why we behave the way we do. So it's, you know, everything from fight or flight to things like jealousy to things like relationship behavior. And it looks at it from an evolutionary standpoint and a genetic standpoint. And I just found it to be so fascinating. And I learned a lot about why I do the things I do. And it's made me relate to other people differently as well, because you see patterns and why people are doing things and sometimes it helps me to give people a little grace to think they're not being malicious. This is just how we're built. So I, I really love that book, but it's a meaty one. So if you have like a ton of spare time, which I know parents always have a ton of spare time to read, it's a really good book. Oh, awesome. Thanks for sharing that one. I'll link that up in the show notes too, so people can find it. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? everywhere. Um, but I have been dying to go to Norway for years. It just looks so beautiful. That's where my family's from. And I just love the whole Scandinavian outlook on life. It's so practical and they love being outside and there's such a beautiful terrain there. And I would love to just go there for like a month. So maybe, maybe next year. Adrian, I'm sure you're loving that answer. <laughs> are you, is that your background as well? My husband's background, yes. So we went to Norway to meet the family and we hiked a lot. We got engaged on a big hike there. And yeah, it's a very magical place. I can't wait to go back as well. That sounds amazing. I will say, I don't know if you've been to Iceland already, but Iceland has a lot of the same kind of vibes. So I went to Iceland and I was like, oh, sign me up. I'm just going to live here. This is great. But that's a really beautiful, it's a little bit of an easier trip from the States as well. And they speak English and, you know, it's, it's pretty easy, but that's another good little, like, almost like a fake, a little, a little mock-up of Norway. If you just need to go experience that vibe for a little bit. Yes. And you're, you're right. What you were saying, they love being outside. I feel like their emphasis on outside, taking care of the environment, family, all of that is so beautiful. So. Yes. Yes. And so like, yeah, no waste and everything makes sense. And yeah, I love it. Yes. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And I'm going to probably hang up some of your quotes from this podcast on my wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Write a book really of like inspirational it. tidbits and science tips. Oh my gosh. I never think of myself as inspirational. This is great. Making <laughs> <laughs> my day here. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.